What's up guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So the well is starting to run dry again, kids. It's been about a week since I've done a tech support video and coming back after a week, trying to do a, a couple videos in Florida. That's a whole other story. That was a fiasco. I'm not going to be able to do too many traveling story times unless I change equipment or something, but We'll figure that out. Got to make a little more money first before I start adding more equipment. But anyway, after being away for a week, I didn't even have enough from Reddit to do a complete video today. So there's some from Reddit and some from a couple other places around the web. And uh, I've seen a couple of you comment that there's more sources for tech support stories. By all means, some of you have been sharing some of your own stories, and that's really great. There may be one or two that I missed from emails. I got to go back and check. Otherwise, um, feel free to share links, guys. I, I, I'm trying to keep this all tech support as much as possible, but I'm kind of starting to wonder if I need to start making this a combined channel uh, like it used to be, like it started out as, so that there's tech support, malicious compliance, petty revenge, all that stuff. Oh, look, a cat's back there. Nickel. Anyway, so, you know, any suggestions or ideas, I'm all ears, and uh, yeah. Had a pretty good trip get my mom set up in Florida. And of course, she's starting to tell me that she probably should have just come back up north with us because there's a tropical storm getting ready to blow through her area. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, let's do some tech support. Rebooting does solve the problem. Last Wednesday, my mother-in-law called my wife complaining of shortness of breath and chest pains. My wife and I went to her house and could see she was in distress. We immediately took her to the ER where she was diagnosed with afibrillation a.k.a. irregular heart rate. After being stabilized, we met with the cardiologist who advised that my mother-in-law needed a cardioversion procedure. I was wearing a shirt from a well-known tech company, and looking at me, the doctor said, the procedure will reset her heart rate. Rebooting, you could say. So us tech support guys were right all along. Turning it off and turning it on again really does solve the problem. Mother-in-law's doing great and recovering quickly. Yup, rebooting does solve a lot of issues. It doesn't always solve some underlying issues, but... 90% of the time, it'll at least get you going again. So, yep. Almost anticlimactic. Customer states when he opens Outlook, and only Outlook, he gets prompted to sign in. I try the usual for weird Outlook problem I haven't encountered before. Start updates. Run disk cleanup. Clear credential manager. Start scan posts. Run office's quick repair. Reboot. Problem still remains. Next day, I try a weird Outlook problem I haven't encountered before, this time with extreme violence. Office is full repair. Delete the profile. Sign him in again. Problem still remains. Something I find on Google is to update Outlook. I'm incredulous. I've run updates from system. What more does it want from me? So I fully update my own workstation. Reboot, then follow the article steps for updating Outlook. Why the F is it updating? I knew that Java was a special boy who needed to be cared for in a special way. But why, of all things, does Office not go through the same update channel as the OS? What is there, some petty fighting in MS between the OS devs and the Office devs? Do the OS devs look down on the filth that make the applications? Are they not real devs because they didn't make their own compiler? Do the app devs think the OS devs are a bunch of elitists and jocks that give them swirlies and purple nurples? Is the perfectly functional update channel that Windows already freaking had only to be allowed for Stacy's? Four mother flipping years in this industry. Four! And I never knew this. My brain was so broken by this, I spent quite a bit of time just looking at what else on my work computer ignores the Windows Update channel for its own. And the answer is, almost everything. 
Almost everything has its own update channel, and the rest I think it just doesn't do updates. I'm now terrified of looking at what Winget does. Also, the solution was removing his personal email accounts and recommending he look up Thunderbird. Thunderbird, there's something I haven't seen in a long time or used. You know, you would think all the Microsoft prepackaged, bloated, well, even if it wasn't prepackaged, but you would think anything Microsoft related, if you were running updates, you would think that you would get updates for everything, like a cell phone. When my cell phone iOS decides it's time to update, it searches everything, apps and all, and decides it's, you know, and checks and sees if it needs an update or doesn't need an update or whatever. Yeah, I wish Windows did something like that. At least give me the option to look at the list, you know, when it comes up. Do I want this to update? Do I not want it to update? I don't know. Not sure how complicated that would be, but it'd be handy. Just read the error message. Not sure if anyone else has had this issue, but I see it constantly, both in my professional life, but especially in my personal life of trying to help family with tech issues. And that's the issue of simply not reading the message that the computer's telling you. So I'm talking about things like, when I go into my email, it just bombs out and does nothing. Okay, I say, show me. Then they proceed to open their email client of choice. They enter their password, a message pops up, which is immediately closed. And then you get the, see, it doesn't work. Then you go, but what was that message you just closed? Do it again, but this time don't close the pop-up message. They proceed, and as if on autopilot, they go to close the message. So I stop them and read the message to find out that they've put the wrong password in or whatever. It's the same with other stuff. A message window comes up saying what the actual problem is, but it's like they're pre-programmed to automatically click any OK button as soon as it appears, as if it's just the mouse button click process that everyone has to do. I keep telling people that most computers will tell you what the issue is if you even bother to read the prompts on screen. Has anyone else had to deal with this ridiculous waste of everyone's time, or is it just me? Oh no, I see that problem all the time. Now, I will say, I've been guilty in the past of just kind of being on autopilot, and every time a little pop-up comes up, I just keep hitting OK, OK, or cancel, or something. But I learned pretty early on that, you know, if you just look at what the box says, even if you don't know what it means, it can at least help whoever you've recruited to help you figure out what's going on. So, yeah, reading is fundamental, kids. My dad. I work in tech support for family, and it's getting hard to stay professional. My dad bought a new iPad because the old one stopped charging and asked me to set up his new iPad. He didn't know his Apple ID nor his password. Also, he bought a case for it. His iPad is 10th gen. What he bought was iPad case 7th, 8th, 9th gen, 2.2 inch. Of course it didn't fit. After setting up the new one, I asked what he would do with his old. Throw it away. I asked if he checked for sure if it wasn't just the cable. No, the cable's fine. I also charged my iPhone with it. I wondered as I know he has a second cable at his bed, where he charges his phone overnight. So I grabbed the cable and put it in the iPad. It didn't charge. I took my iPhone and connected it to the same cable. It didn't charge either. Then I took his iPhone, which didn't charge either. I asked him how that could be if he charges his phone with it. He said, the last time I charged my phone with this cable was some weeks ago. <laughs> to this day, I'm shocked about this conversation. So, I don't know. I've never been one to just, for as long as I've had any kind of PDAs, cell phones, tablets, whatever, I've been, never been one to just plug something in and just assume that it's charging. I always have to see the little lightning bolt pop up or the little ding that tells me that it's actually starting to charge. And even then, I have to keep checking because I've had some phones where the charger cable itself was getting worn out or the port, the charger port on the base of the phone was getting so worn out that 
that any slight breeze or movement would cause it to stop charging, but there was always still some sort of either like the screen would pop up, a little ding notification, something that would let me know that it stopped charging or that it was intermittently charging, something. Uh, yeah, so your dad bought an iPad for no reason. Hmm. Mice just don't chew through wires. Having seen a few Wi-Fi and network posts recently, I thought I'd post this one about my partner's Wi-Fi problems. About a year ago, the other half would get this weird case where the Wi-Fi on her work surface, I know, they would just stop. It had dropped from whatever network it was connected to and then just refused to reconnect for anywhere between five minutes and an hour. It wasn't just her, but a few of her colleagues had it too. Happened at home and in the office, but had no set time. As an aside, her phone was temperamental at best and hated, and I mean hated, the 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi on her home router, resulting in my having to disable and limit it to the 2.4 gigahertz bands. For reasons I don't know, turns out her work Wi-Fi was also limited to 2.4 gigahertz. One day, her complaining while working from home just made me need to find out the cause of this issue, and my own job be damned if I couldn't figure it out. Turning off anything that could interfere with Wi-Fi at home, there were still problems. Turn off my work laptop, TV, consoles, and both phones, there's still problems. I thought I'd tried everything. Then I saw it. The only thing I hadn't turned off that wasn't hardwired was her wireless mouse. That couldn't be it. Unplugged her mouse and bing, Wi-Fi connected. Plugged her mouse back in, things worked for five minutes until bong, Wi-Fi disconnected. Unplugged her mouse again, bing, reconnected. Turns out her mouse somehow used a frequency that killed Wi-Fi within a certain radius but only on 2.4 gigahertz bands. She told her colleagues who were having the same problem. All their wireless mice were disconnected and every problem related to Wi-Fi just disappeared. She's since switched to a new phone that doesn't complain about five gigahertz, so that functions back on, but she's banned from using wireless mice at home. Turns out mice don't just chew through wires after all. Oh, user, yes they do. Mice, squirrels, raccoons, you name it, rats, We'll chew through any and all wires and even some plumbing pipes if you just let things go and get out of hand. For no apparent reason. Sometimes you think, oh, well, maybe it's for nesting. Squirrels, they go along the top of my chain link fence outside. And at one point, I bought a pack of aluminum. They're little like hook wraps that go around the top of the chain link and hook it to the, the pole that the chain link is hooked to. I bought aluminum ones so that I could do it with my hand and tie them really easy to kind of get everything started back up and nice and neat. And uh, within a week, half of the ties were chewed off because the squirrels were gnawing on them. Are they sharpening their teeth? Is it just because they're bored and they like to chew on stuff? Who knows? But I've seen mice chew on stuff too, and uh, sometimes there's just no reason for it. As far as the interference, I have never had a wireless mouse interfere with my phone, tablet, anything Wi-Fi. I did at one point have some 2.4 gigahertz wireless stuff interfere with the old cordless telephones for your landline. I've had those things interfere back and forth once in a while, but that's been years ago. Uh, nothing modern I have has ever had that issue. Interesting. Right drive, wrong disc. Tech support horror story. We typically fix employees' personal computers for free. And one day a gal asked me to take a look at her home computer because the CD-ROM drive wasn't working. I set the computer up on the bench, hooked up a monitor, keyboard, etc., and turned the thing on. Observing the CD-ROM drive, it lit up and did its post thing with no observable problems. I then proceeded with my diagnostics by inserting a CD with some files on it to see if it could read the disc. After closing the tray, it started to make some funny noises and wouldn't read the disc at all. 
Assuming that there was something wrong with the internal mechanics, judging by the noises it made, I decided to replace the drive. I began by removing the CD from the tray in preparation for shutting it down when I noticed a strange green object protruding slightly from the tray opening. Taking a pair of pliers, I gently pulled out a three and a half inch floppy disk her four-year-old son had inserted into the drive in an apparent attempt to get the CD-ROM drive to read a floppy disk. Needless to say, the computer worked fine after that. Kids will stick things, anything in any slot, hole, opening, or whatever, especially if it's something that you don't want them touching or messing with, you're going to find odd objects inside that said item. So, uh, yeah. Gotta watch them, man. Gotta watch them. Oh, by the way, if you got a CD-ROM now, it's time to switch all those discs over to CD. It's time to put those other discs away so that you can archive them or whatever, and uh, maybe that'll solve some of the problems with your uh, four-year-old. The Great Disconnect. Travel back with me a number of years, and I'm working phone tech support for a company that manufactures specialized printers. Most of our support calls deal with mechanical malfunctions, questions about our custom software, or help with operating the machine. The brain of the unit is from an Epson printer, and it even uses the stock Epson driver, so the basic connection between the printer and computer is fairly bulletproof. One day, however, a female customer calls and says that every time she tries to print, she gets a message saying, Printer not available. Printer not available is a standard Windows message when the printer isn't turned on or plugged into the computer. Following the important tech support rule to take nothing for granted, I first confirm that the printer is in fact turned on, which it is. Obviously then, the printer cable has somehow become disconnected from the computer. That's an easy fix. I have the customer check the back of the printer and she reports that the USB cable is plugged in. Just to be sure it's properly seated, I have her unplug it and plug it back in again. Then I ask her to make sure the cable is plugged into the back of the computer. After several moments of scrambling sounds over the phone, she manages to get behind the computer and reports that the USB cable is plugged in there too. After a quick check, the computer still says the printer doesn't exist. Okay, I think maybe this isn't going to be so easy. My instincts still say that somehow the printer isn't connected to the computer, and I tell the customer as much. But she's already checked the cable, and USB cables very rarely go bad, so I move on. For the next 20 minutes, I walk her through the standard tech support procedures, such as restarting the printer, restarting the computer, moving the USB cable to a different port, refreshing the printer driver, and so on. Nothing works, and the only explanation left is that the printer's motherboard could be defective. But I still can't shake that feeling that the problem is a lot more basic. Finally, as a last-ditch effort before shipping her a new motherboard, I'm going to tell the customer she needs to test the printer with a different USB cable and a different computer. Suddenly over the phone I hear the loud exclamation, Son of a... Then there's silence. Is everything okay, ma'am? After a few more seconds, in a voice tinged with embarrassment, she says, I was checking the printer cord again, and there are two cords. Two cords? I ask carefully, sensing where this is going. There are two identical cords, she says. One is plugged into the printer, and one is plugged into the computer, but they don't connect up anywhere. <laughs> After taking a second to digest this and mentally kicking myself for overlooking that possibility, I have the customer plug the cord from the computer into the printer. Sure enough, in seconds, everything's working perfectly. The customer then remembers that her husband was doing something on the computer earlier, and for whatever reason, he didn't plug everything back in correctly, because the ends of the cables were in a rat's nest behind the computer. She hadn't spotted it when I asked her to check the cable the first time. We had a chuckle about the whole thing, and I learned two valuable lessons. The first was to put more trust in my instincts. The second was that whenever I tell customers to check that the cable's plugged in, I need to add and make sure it's the same cable. Confession time. So, my cable management is absolutely atrocious. 
I've done some things neatly, other things because I'm plugging and unplugging all the time, I've chosen to just kind of do the freeform, free-spirited kind of routing for my cables. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that'll get you in trouble. Although I do, when I start plugging things in, make sure I'm tracing from the device, whether it's a camera, a light, a microphone, whatever, I make sure I'm tracing all the way back to the PC from the device so that I know it is actually connected. But yeah, cable management's important, kids. Don't follow my example. All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. And uh, any suggestions for new content, links, stories that you want to share with me, you can send me an email at uh, whosyourunclellc at gmail.com or drop a link down below and I'll go check it out from there. And uh, until the next one, we'll see you.